edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake here uh, to talk with Andrew Ivins about the surprise commitment of Cormani McLean to Miami. It's not often I am surprised or caught off guard by a commitment, and it's even less so the case with Andrew. Um, but this is why recruiting is fun to follow, interesting to follow. Uh, Cormani McLean gave his pledge to Miami, number two overall player in the country, cornerback out of Lakeland, Florida. Andrew, you were there. Um, take us through just everything you experienced and maybe what you've learned after the fact in terms of how this all came together. I uh, well, first off, I'm glad you're not having to fly solo on the podcast. Uh, but I've been, I've, <laughs> I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying them. You're doing a good job. That's pe- people you. think that's easy, but it's not. Um, and, and the second thing, I'm just going to say, I'm not at my normal office, so Wi-Fi might be a little spotty. I apologize on that. Um, but yeah, man, Thursday night just completely, completely wild. And you know. <laughs> It's not often you get surprised, and and the more I've sat and marinated on this, maybe we're going to just get more of these. Like, you know, maybe there's going to be more twists and turns. And, and let's be real, yeah. let's let's address the elephant in the room. Like the NIL era is is creating a completely different ball game, and you know, Miami's on point as anyone when it comes to NIL, and, and so is the University of Florida. So, I mean, let's right. just put that out there. But um, I. I I think coming in, woke up Thursday morning, all signs pointed to to Florida for Cormani. And I went back into all the stories I'd ever written about him. And, and, and the first one from two years ago, the first quote he gives me is, oh, I really like Florida or something along those lines. And I, I had long thought that's where he wanted to go. Um, and then you start just kind of piecing the puzzle pieces together. The general rule of thumb in recruiting is always follow the visits. And, and I know Cormani mm-hmm. took an official to Miami in June, but he didn't show up for a game since then. I mean, a- after that summer dead period, the only place he went was Florida for the the Utah opener. And, and then he cancels the Alabama visit. Um, and again, I mean, just from every side, it's not like, you know, it's not like some people were in the loop and others weren't. Like Miami was pretty airtight about where this yes. thing stood until the 11th hour. And I, I actually got tipped off by someone. And, and, and David, you know, in kind of like the fog. I kind of did too. But like you don't know what to believe, and and, and, right. and I'm sure I'm sure some of the listeners are sitting there like, what do you mean you don't know what to believe? It's like every time this happens, I mean everyone's all of a sudden got sources, and then I was on the phone with people that are very plugged into that recruitment, and you know no one no one budged, and you know do I kick myself for not being a little more prepared? Sure, but I, I've been prepared 150 times, and then it's never it's never gone through, and um. You know, if you told me to paint the picture, I mean, I, I drove up from Fort Lauderdale. You know, we were we were going to broadcast it on, on CBS Sports HQ, and I got into Lakeland. I, I went to Lakeland's walkthrough. I actually missed Cormani, but I talked to some of the people there, and, you know, no one said really anything. Um, then you drive into town, and you pass this, like, University of Florida fan shop, and it's five, yeah. you know, it's five minutes from where Cormani's announcing, and it's like, all right, like, you know, this just, it's all, all the stars are aligning. And then I, I get there and I'm trying to coordinate with a producer that's in Connecticut. I got like two, I got like a sound guy, a camera guy. They have no idea what's going on. And, sure. you know, we go through this whole, I go through this whole 
kind of rundown thing with some event coordinator who, you know, she's probably set up some, some, you know, baby showers and, and bar mitzvahs, but she's never done like live TV commitment. And uh, why is this important? Well, you know, we have this whole schedule that we're going to go off of and Cormani shows up late. Um, he walks in with his entourage of people and most of the people in the entourage were like wearing university of Florida gear. I'm like, all right, like, you know, yeah. maybe he should have told these guys not to, to tip them off. And then, um, Cormani sits down, they introduce him real quick and then they play this really good documentary. And, you know, I, I think it's hard to describe the setting there. Like, I, I think a lot of people think there was hundreds of people and there really wasn't. There was about 50 people, I think. You know, there were some Miami fans, there were some Florida fans, and then really it was just family and and kind of friends. And then the plan was a, a bunch of people were supposed to talk about Cormani. And then next thing you know, I mean, our cameras aren't even rolling. Cormani picks up the microphone and <laughs> puts on a Miami hat and then throws up the U and is like, I'm going to Miami. And everyone's like, I was shocked, you know, because I thought it was like, all right, you know, we, we've seen, yeah, we've seen these kids throw the hats, right? We've seen right. people bring out bulldogs. We've seen live gators this cycle. We've seen Peter Warwick come on stage. Like, I'm like, all right, like this is just getting this thing kicked off. And he's like, no, I'm going to Miami. And they, he actually, I, I mean, maybe I, I, I kind of blacked out. Like I was like, whoa, you know, I'm texting everyone like, Hey, like <laughs> this is, you know, because yeah. I think from an outside, I, from, from an outside perspective, you're like, is it what is going on? Because, you yeah. know, the family shut out media. So and then he redid it. And um, it was just crazy. I, I, this will this is one that goes down. And I've seen people tossed out. Hey, it's it's more shocking than Travis Hunter to Jackson State. I don't agree with that. But uh, this is no. definitely this this will go down in recruiting lore. And it, it, it's crazy. And it's a monster get for Miami. Right. I just. I want to talk about now, like, um, just the statement that this makes. And, you know, you touched on it. I think it's definitely a factor. The NIL factor is a factor in this. But I don't necessarily think it is the only factor in Miami uh, pulling Cormani. I think my read on this recruitment is I think NIL gets you a seat at the table. And then after that, it's up to the coaches to do the work and recruit. And so I think in that regard, I mean, from what I've been hearing behind the scenes, Mario just kind of grinded this thing out this week, uh, made a really, really strong late push. And look, again, NIL gets you a seat at the table. Um, but Florida, there, there is reason to believe coming into this com commitment that Florida was the team to beat. Um, well, I, I'll say this. I mean, I, from my understanding, like, I think Florida was pretty shocked by that news. I know some phone calls yeah. went out as soon as it went down. So, like, Florida thought they were getting him. Uh, and, I, and not to cut you off here, but I, I think this is the direction you want to go. I, I mean, to me, Mario Cristobal is, is a fighter. Yes. And if you think about it, like, this dude is backed into the corner round three, you know, with a cut on his face. I mean, he just lost to, to Middle Tennessee and – and Duke and yeah, like, right. I mean, yeah, but like to me, like for him, it, 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 he, this is like as big of a win, like this almost erases that type of stuff. And yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a quote, you know, they, they, they clip all this stuff. And yeah, I said, I was riding with Florida going through. Uh, but if you listen to that whole clip I, I, I had with, with Cooper, 
I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, I, I said, but man, like, you know, Mario's not going to go down w without swinging. Right. And, and, and sure enough, and I mean, am I still shocked? Yeah. But when you when you think more about it, it's like, is this really that shocking? No, because we know that Mario is is so I mean, that's why he was brought to Miami to, to to win these battles, to go head to head with Nick Saban. Now, how many of these have been? Jaleel Skinner was the first one last cycle. Yep. Then yep. it was Trevante Citizen. And, and yep. this should this should I don't want to say it's the norm, but like this is what he does. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at this, the the on the surface, you know, poor results on the field. Lakeland High School, which is a Gator feeder school. Ahmad Black is his defensive backs coach, right? Yeah. Well, can I can I also toss like two other things in here that I don't think yeah. are well known? Yeah. Um, First off, Cormani's family is from South Florida. I think mom's from the Pompano area. I think his okay. grandfather still li lives down there. So when he says it's like kind of like home, I actually believe that. The second thing you said, Ahmad Black, right? Ahmad Black's the DB coach at, at Lakeland. Well, guess who was Ahmad Black's defensive coordinator in college? It was Charlie right. Strong. Right. And I, I, someone told me that relationship, I don't know, like five, six months ago, like a, a coaching contact at a group of five school. They're like, hey, keep an eye on that. And I just brushed it off and it's like, man, you know, the breadcrumb was there a little bit, uh, right. but I do think that's notable. And yeah, I mean, you touched on this too, but to me, like, this is a much stronger indicator, especially in like year one of his tenure in terms of what is to come on the field with results. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a situation where both things can be true, right? Like Miami results have been poor this season. There's no excuse for losing the middle Tennessee and Duke. That is true. I think it's also true that Mario Cristobal deserves time to recruit, get his players in here. And if he keeps pulling off these type of recruiting wins, uh, things are going to turn. Let, let's talk about the type of player Miami is getting in Cormani. What, what does he do well as a corner? And, and then what is your kind of expected timeline of, of being, let's call it a significant contribute, contributor? Yeah. So, you know, I, I call him kind of this this new age corner, and I've been calling him that for a while. And I, you know, I don't know how much NFL people watch. I mean, it's it's football nonstop in, in my household. But I think if you're you're trying to picture what Cormani is, I think the top two rookie corners in the NFL right now, which would be Sauce Gardner, who came from Cincinnati, went what number three overall to the New York Jets, who's having an excellent rookie season. And then Tyreek right. Tyreek Woolen, who was a fifth round pick, um, now with the Seattle Seahawks, and he's got four or five interceptions. Well, what are those guys? Those guys are both really long, twitchy corners with elite ball skills, and I think that's kind of what Cormani is. He's kind of a blend between those two, a mix between those two. Um, yep. Cor Cormani, I mean, I remember the first time I met him, it was at a, a, a seven on seven in Orlando. They're like, "Hey, this is this is going to be a guy." And you're like, okay. And then, you know, because he, 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 he started off playing wide receiver. That's what he was. He was a wide receiver at Lake Gibson High School. And then with three, I, I, three games into his 10th grade year, um, they had some injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and they, and they threw him in at corner. He had nine picks in nine games. And it's like, all right, wow. Yeah. Then he opens up his, his, his 11th grade year. He had four interceptions in two games. So he had, what, 13 and 11 games. Um, I don't know why people keep th throw, kept throwing the ball at him. And now he's up to, I think, 21. He's obviously transferred out of Lake Gibson, which has kind of gone through some coaching changes. And 
uh, got a got a new look, and he's at Lakeland, and they're not playing him the same. I think they're just kind of keeping him on one side of the field uh, instead of moving him around. So that's why the production's dipped a little bit in terms of of that. But man, I, he's he's a scout's dream. He's pushing yes. six foot two. He's yes. four. He hasn't tested in over two years, but I'll always throw these numbers out. I mean, he's four five in the forty yard dash, four three in the short shuttle, the one hundred twenty eight inch broad jump. Um, when I put together the freaks list, I think that was probably tied for the longest on record that we have for a blue chip recruit. So he's just explosive. And, um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that I I think the final line of my scouting report with him and let let me, let me, let me reference it is, you know, I, 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 I wrote could experience some initial growing pains, but freakish traits are worth molding for the long haul. Mm -hmm. And like, what do I mean by that? I think people, for some reason, just hear number one corner, um, CB1, you know, five star, they expect that guy to go out there and just not give up a single pass. And I think in the current era of football, that's a little bit unrealistic of expectations. And I said, I said this on my Twitter space, like, Go on YouTube um, and, and, and punch in Jalen Ramsey getting beat. Like, there's going to be right. some videos of that guy getting beat. Like, so I, I just want to put that out there as like the caveat. And, and it, it, if Cormani was going to Florida, I'd be saying the exact same thing. I mean, heck, if Cormani was going to Florida Atlantic, I'd be saying that. Like, there's going to be some growing pains. He's going yes. to make mistakes. He's only been playing the position for two to three years. But man, if he can refine his technique, grow into some inner confidence. And I think that's my biggest thing with him. Like yep, we, we, we've seen him at these elite seven on seven tournaments, OT seven, um, battle Miami. Like those are showcase events and, 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 and battle Miami. I thought Cormani was awesome. I remember that one game yeah. like, when he was playing South Florida express, like he kind of took over, but out, out in Vegas, you know, he got beat a few times and I think he kind of, he kind of lost his confidence a bit. So for me with, with Cormani, I think it's just going to be technique. He's got to add functional strength and then he's just got to, he's got to keep it together in the head and, and not let all the outside voices discourage him, especially at a position like corner, man, because like you, you're going to get bombed, but the next play they need you to go out there and, and you got, you got to make a stop to force a field goal. If that makes sense. Right. I agree with all those points. And you know, I, I'll admit, like, I'm not as familiar with the Seattle rookie you referenced, but to me, like, Sauce Gardner is a perfect comp for what he can be uh, right. if he continues to develop. So so Tyreek Woolen was a was a kid that Matt Rule tried to flip that ended up at, at UTSA, and he was a wide receiver all through high, high school. I mean, obviously, okay. he, ran, he ran a 4-2-8 at the Combine. I mean, who knows what Cormani could run in four years from now after he's in the strength program and, and doing just that. But right. he's a, he's, he's a six, four guy, you know, he's, he's a big leggy corner. And and I think he's a, a good blend between those two. But I think if you're a Miami fan, like the most encouraging thing for me would be like, all right, we have this like big long frame corner. And like, these are kind of in right now in the NFL. And if you want to get into like scouting theories and personnel, like I think it's eventually going to shift back. Like you're going to look for more of the, the small slot guys, but Miami's got a guy that I think, you asked how how early until he could play. Like I would expect him to be on the field relatively early as an outside corner. Like yes. I think he can do that. He's probably not far off from what they have right now. Yes. Um, and I think he's someone once he starts learning, he's going to progress very fast. If if, if that makes sense. Like 
I, I think he could take a major step between his freshman, freshman, excuse me, and sophomore seasons. Yeah, and, and to me, just the little bit I've seen of Cormani in person, you know, to me, what makes him kind of unique is I think he's really good in zone coverage, and I think he's really good in man coverage. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've seen, I've been around for a long time now, so I've seen a lot of good corners. The best I've ever seen is probably Patrick Peterson, formerly Patrick Johnson back in the day. He was just a freak's physical specimen, right? Six foot, 200, ran a 4-3. Janoris Jenkins, right up there too. Dog mentality, physicality, plate would hit you like he was 220 pounds. And then the other one that kind of stands out to me is Patrick Sertain. And he's just, you know, he was just so technical. You know what I mean? Just like, obviously son of a big time player. Um, And and to me, similar to what you're saying, Andrew, what's that? Like those three guys were just elite, elite mentalities. Like not only did they have the physical talent, like you have to have that, but they were just pro mentalities day one. When they stepped on campus, they were going to earn playing time right away. And to me, I'm not saying Cormani doesn't have that. I just think, that's I don't the think question. We, yeah, I got. I don't think we know yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like right. we don't. We we don't know. And I think if you're a Miami fan, I, I think something to keep an eye on, like, is what happens in here in the state playoffs. Uh, you know, talking to some of the people at Lakeland, you know, Cormani's going to start playing receiver for them again. They've just been kind of they're going to they're going to double duty him again because um, the games matter. So let's, I mean, Lakeland in theory, and I don't know the classifications again. I, I don't know what they are. I mean, I think they're 4A yeah. Metro or something. I, I don't know. But I mean, if you're just kind of wanting to track something at home, I keep an eye on what he does. Like what type of performances do we get? Um, can we, can we also talk about DeMarcus Van Dyke here? I, I think he deserves yeah, kind yeah. of big time. I mean, because, because Cormani brought him up, um, you know, I said this and it's already out there. So I'm going to say it again. Like to my understanding, like Cromani doesn't really communicate with Jamal Adai like much mm-hmm. like DVD's kind of running point. And I think that's super interesting. And I think DVD, you know, DVD des- deserves every bit of the credit and, and sure. NIL played a factor in all this and, you know, that, that still shouldn't be taken away from him because, like you said, you gotta and you got to initiate that relationship. And I think Cormani trusts DeMarcus Van Dyke. And DeMarcus Van Dyke, if you look at it, man, he just beat out T-Rob, who's essentially right. his mentor, and Corey Raymond, who is, you know... OG. Re- yeah, renowned as one of the best recruiters ever. Um, so I, I think he deserves a, a ton of praise. I think... I think this gets him a job somewhere. This is off topic, but like, yeah, yeah, dude, I tweeted that as well. I'm like, okay, I, because he's super tied in with the 2024 class, like Jeremiah Smith, Josiah Trader, all those kids know him. And then once someone figures out, figures out, excuse me, that Demarcus's kid is part of the Miami Gardens Ravens, uh, you know, youth park organization, and his kid's probably going to play for one of these seven on seven teams. I mean, he's he's a gold mine, and he loves to recruit, like. I think yeah. that's why Mario likes him. Like he likes to recruit. Some guys don't like to recruit. Like I think right. DeMarcus embraces that role. And I think it's just cool for him because he's a guy who had an opportunity to be an on-field coach at FIU. And he thought long and hard about joining Mike McIntyre's staff, but he held out hope that he was going to 
get an on-field job at Miami. And he didn't, but he stood around and he believed in in Mario Cristobal and uh, DeMarcus Van Dyke. Like, I mean, he's a former player. He's a former kid from Miami-Dade. He went in the first round. Like, I think Miami needs as much as this that. This is as how a- you impress Mario. Yeah. Right? Like, this is how you make a case. And I, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not predicting anything, but like, like Mario's is- not going to want to lose him now. Yeah, this is like a medal of honor, right? Like, yeah. He's getting like a battlefield promotion in, in Mario's office today. And, and going back to the timeline uh, question, you know, I agree with you. Like, I think ideally, like Miami's roster would be good enough where you didn't have to depend on him so much. But you just look at the, like you project next year's cornerbacks. And, you know, let's just, I mean, DJ Ivy, I think his eligibility is done. Let's say Tyreek. I, I would hope so. <laughs> There's no way he's like, is he a doctor at this point? Let's say Tyreek Stevenson either goes pro or, or I don't know. I'm not reporting anything here, but just like changes positions to like safety, safety. or something. Um, that leaves you with Takori Couch, Daryl Porter, Isaiah Dunson, Malik Curtis, Chris Graves, Kamari Rogers. So Kormani, you know, the second he steps on campus, he's going to be by far the most determined or the most talented player. But so, his playing time is going to be decided by his mentality and approach. Is Jaden Harris still there? Because you didn't mention him. Yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. They're working no, him as, as a star now. They do like him, but you know. So I, I was also thinking about this as I was driving last night. If you're Miami and, my, and Mario keeps talking about changing the culture, you know, getting guys that, that want to be bought in and you right. know, I have some separate thoughts on that. Um, we don't have to get into that, but like if you're Chris Graves and Kamari Rogers and I guess Jaden Harris yeah. is moving, is moving this more is inside. A good thing. Dude. Yeah. Like you're sitting there, you're like, all right, now the number one corner in the country's coming. Like my job's up for it. Like, yeah. and I think that's Chris Graves I'm, needs to respond. You know what yeah, I mean? It, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm not, I, I didn't cover the team and you know, when I was eight back in the day, but I would assume that's what it used to be like. Like guys would come in and, mm-hmm. and you don't have a spot and, and there's no entitlement. So I, I think when you look at it through that lens, um, you know, that that's certainly something to think about. I'll, I'll say this as well. Like I love Robert Stafford, who's the other yes. corner they have committed. And, you know, I know this, no one cares about Florida on this, on this, in this listener base, but like with, with Florida, I think they got two good corners committed too, and Jakeem Jackson and Dijon right. Johnson. And maybe this is signaling kind of a shifting of the tide in the Sunshine State. Like, you know, where's yeah. Georgia? Where's where, where's Bama? And, and, and Cooper Tegna, you know, my guy that we I do this show with, like he brought up this is like the NILs kind of just evening out the competitive right. balance. And I right. kind of agree with that take. Yep, I agree. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Miami, de- like corner is a position to need, still have Damari Brown on the, on the board and I'm sure too. Who, who's, who's had as good of a senior season, I think as anyone. Very good. Yeah. I saw him against uh, Naples here recently and he was, he's impressive. He's definitely getting better and better uh, each year, but that brings us to our next talking point, Andrew, like, you know, as you look forward, I, I mean, this is, I think December is going to be insane. Um, Dude, I think from a talent acquisition standpoint. Yeah. And I think that just goes for all of, Yes, college football. Yeah, like I, dude, imagine 
like once the portal stuff happens as well like everyone's gonna be in the it's just gonna be it's gonna be a madhouse like do your christmas shopping now david like yes get it done yep it's gonna be crazy but let's keep this with this 2023 class for high school miami's still chasing plenty of guys who do you have an eye on moving forward you know specifically for (laughs) miami that they're trying to to add here in this class um well, I think they still want a, a premium kind of edge rusher, right? Like that seems to kind of be the um, – I don't want to say the missing piece in the class, but when you look up and down the commit list, it's like, all right, like where is that yeah. guy? Because David and I know me and you took in and shared a sideline for an IMG game. Like we like Jaden Wayne, but he's yeah. not like – I don't know. Like he, he's a good player. Like he's just not – a speed edge, like a speed transition guy. Like he's not, I don't know how much ankle flexion there are. Like, I don't know how much juice he's going to bring, but he's still very good. Yes. Um, yes. So I I think they still want to find one of those guys. And Damon Wilson's kind of the the prospect and you know, it's like, all right, Damon Wilson's trending to Ohio state. It's like, well, I feel like they're still in there by the way. Like has Miami even like really, you know, (laughs) stepped up to the batter's box. Like we don't even know. Like they like, I, I it just you have to recalibrate your expectations kind of after the, this this Cormani yep. thing. Um, how about and I'm not this is just speculation, so I don't want this to be clipped and yeah 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 and, and thrown out. But like Nicholas Harbor, right? Like I've heard sure. that name be associated with Miami from the jump. I know there's people inside that building that think he's the number one prospect in the country. Like, what if Miami just gets an official visit from him at some point down the line? Like, the, right. you know, like that, that, that could happen. So I think he's kind of like the pipe dream. Um, yep. But someone you, you definitely talk about. Um, Ruben Bain's going to be a fascinating one to me. Uh, the, the legacy out of Miami Central. You know, they I, really, really want him. Really, really right. want him. What's, so what's your take on him? Because I know you were at the IMG Miami Central upset. Yeah, um, I think he's kind of taken his game to another level here as a uh, as a senior, and it, it's it's like all right, you have twenty nine sacks as an eleventh grader, and it's like how do you how do you elevate your play? But he's found a way to do it. He so coming into the year, you know, there was a lot of coming into this season. There's a lot of you know Alabama buzz, right? And I'm just looking at his physical profile of like you know a little sawed off, uh, you know kind of a tweener, right? So I came into this season being like, there's no way he should go to Alabama or he's an Alabama caliber player. Went and watched him against IMG and he's definitely an Alabama caliber player just because he's so technical at the high school level and it's going to translate at the college level. Now, if we're projecting for NFL, yeah, I do think he's an NFL level player. Is he a first round pick? Is he a second round pick? I don't know. Um, but to me, the bottom line with Ruben is he's going to be a very good college player. You know, I think the easy comp just through a Miami lens is current defensive lineman, Akeem Mesador, who, you know, also a tweener, but gets it done with his, um, you know, technical ability. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's a big time guy. I don't know if he's a defensive end. I don't know if he's a three tech. I just, and honestly, I think 
defensive line play is kind of becoming positionless in a lot of ways too. So I don't know if that even matters. No, I think that's a great take. No, for sure. But I think he's a big, big, big time player. And he has the mentality that Miami wants. Right. He's going to potentially leave Miami Central with four state titles. I mean, he should. Um, You know, you talk to the coaching staff there. They have him wearing number four this year because that's that's a special number at, yep. at at Miami Central. So, no, I agree. Like I I think he's a guy that you can play early situational rusher and then kind of just see hey, where does his body look like in 2 to 3 years? I think that comp's great. Um what you said with Mesador. I said Kier Thomas who was at Florida State last year and had a big season. Mm-hmm. I, I it was also a central graduate. I, to me it's just a fascinating recruitment cuz we're we're a little over two months out from the early signing period, right? Yep. And it just seems like four schools that think they have a legitimate shot here. Sure. And and it's some interesting players if you think about it, right? He's been to Auburn already. You know, he keeps going back to Auburn. I think Auburn's absolutely in there, but it's like, hey, what's going to happen with Brian Harson? You know, that's a big elephant in the room. I, I mean, to be honest, I, I went to a game at Auburn this year, like, left that game, the Penn State game, I was like, dude, this guy's getting fired, and he's still employed yeah. there. So, you know, what happens with that? Then he's also up at Louisville, and and I think yeah. he's going back there on, on Saturday. You know, Louisville could get an official visit. We know what they've done with their class. They are also very active in the NIL space, but Scott Satterfield's on a, a, a hot seat. And then the, the one I, I, you know, I, I keep pointing to, but, um, you know, I, I'm not questioning if, if – Saban's dynasty is crumbling, but you know Alabama doesn't seem to have as, as much of a grip right now on on the Sunshine State as they once once did. And I could eat my words, you know, right. December There's twenty a long ways to go. Yeah, December twenty third, I could be eating my words saying that. But um, I, you know, I talked to Bain's parents, and uh, they, they brought up kind of spending the weekend in Tuscaloosa with Nick Saban around him. I think his dad's what he said to me is like, you know, you, you grow up watching Saban on, or you don't grow up, but you see him on the TV and then it's like Saban turns and he's like, Hey, I want, I, I want your son. It, it kind of hits a little bit different. So, and then Florida state's in there as well. Like you can't leave them out. So that'll be, you know, what's the next big crazy recruitment. I, I think it could be Ruben Bain. Yeah. And again, like Mario is, you know, everything I'm, I'm, I've been told is, you know, Miami is obsessed with him. So, um, I- and then here's the other thing. Like I, I'm just scrolling down the the target sheet on your guys' site. Like you go down to like some of these categories. I, I, I mean, as soon as the the season ends for Miami, like you know that the focus isn't going to shift to like, hey, what's the coaching staff looking like in 2023? It's going to be like, all right, what can we grab? And yep. you know, like a like a guy like Roderick. You know, there's going to be guys that aren't even on the radar now that are, right. are taking official visits that like all of a sudden just turn into uh, you know, you know, priorities and, and Cooper Patagna, who worked with with Mario, he says it's BPA, best player available. Like yep. they're gonna go try to find a bunch of BPAs out there. So that'll that'll be, I think, an exciting time if you are a uh, a Miami fan. And I know too, you know, you don't have to touch on this at all. But like, again, I went and saw American Heritage against Naples. Damari Brown, the corner we referenced earlier. Of course, also on that team is Ohio State commits Brandon Ennis and Mark Fletcher. And this just highlights the type of recruiter Mario is. He is still recruiting them as hard as anyone. He has not conceded them to Ohio State. So I think that's something to watch. Can they pull it off? We'll see. But Mario's not going to stop trying. 
I also hear he's still trying really, really hard with Hakeem Williams, the Florida State wide receiver commit. So, well, if he ain't if, gonna stop. If we're like looking at this, like a NFL front office, I would I would push all my chips in for for Brandon Ennis. And you want to talk about yes, getting the locker room right. And yep. I'm sure people have heard me say this a hundred times. Like Brandon Ennis is that guy. He's the guy that. He is and going Miami to. Miami knows this, right? So, like, if there was ever a time to invest into in someone, it it, it is absolutely one hundred percent Brandon Ennis. So, yeah, I think that one that's one to monitor. I think the Mark Fletcher ones one to honor mm-hmm. one to monitor. I'm surprised Miami. If we're just being real, like, how like are they gonna get back into the uh, Cedric Baxter Jr. sweepstakes? You know, uh, two yeah. other names that kind of pique my interest are are they gonna try to make a run at the St. Thomas Aquinas safeties, King Mack, um, right. Conrad Hussey. I mean, King Mack, from you know my understanding, like grew up really, really liking Miami and 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 you know Sean Taylor and all that stuff and, and Ed Reed. So, you know what 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 happens there? It'll be interesting. Again, December is going to be insanity. There's plenty more names. I mean, you're right. Like this staff doesn't give up and that's the biggest difference in the last 15 years of staffs where even just going against an Alabama Miami would shy away from that Mario does not do that Mario doesn't care if guys committed he doesn't stop I want to discuss um Emery Williams I know you went back and you've been going through some senior tape of the top ranked quarterbacks in the country and uh you were telling me a text that uh you know emory kind of holds his own what what are your thoughts of of how emory's performing here as a senior yeah um i've kind of took it upon my, myself you know i'm as involved as i've ever been in our rankings process but you know we're six seven eight games into into pretty much every quarterback's senior season so i i think last week i, I probably watched 65 different senior cuts or, or highlights and then pulled the numbers um, for guys that are going from, you know, FIU to, to the best of the best. And to me, like uh, Emory Williams is certainly um, there's, there's something there. Like when you kind of compare him and watch him to other guys in his, in his range or, you know, he stands out and does this mean he's moving up in the rankings? Like I want to preface this and be like, I, I, I don't know that I don't have an answer for that. I don't know how the dominoes are going to fall. I don't know if I'm fighting for him to be a, right. a fourth star, but what I'm saying is like, I like what I see. Right. And right. I've had a bunch of question marks about him and, you know, his team's record. And I was yeah. talking with some people um, that are part of the elite 11 staff and they brought up, Hey, this kid's like a football junkie. And I was like, all right, like, you know, what do you mean? But if you go into his huddle, you know, and you start watching the games, he like basically says what coverage he's throwing at, what check he made at the line of scrimmage. It's, it's super rare. I have not seen that. He uh, voices many... over it or what do you say? No, it's just like, um, it'll be like the clip and, and you know, it'll normally like circle the guy. It'll be so you know where your uh, okay. eyes to go, but you. it'll be like, Hey, you know, third and third and nine here, uh, cover two, I check into this and throw that. And it's just like, okay. And I'm, and you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but if you do that, like you can tell that he's kind of a, a, a junkie. The other thing that I'm big on and 
you know, this is just my personal preference is like, dude, I want my quarterbacks to be big frame guys. And mm-hmm. obviously Tyler Van Dyke just got hurt taking a sack and, and, and landing on his shoulder. But if it's up to me, like I, I want a guy that can stand in the pocket and, and take the hits and, right. you know, seems to have some confidence in there. And I, I think Emory has that. So I, I like him, you know, more than I did. Um, How do you think they compare? Him and Rashada? No, sorry. Him and Van Dyke. I think that's a, I think that's a fair comp. You know, I'm still trying to find one for, um, for Emory. I think the one I have on his profile right now is Jack Miller, who's at Florida, the former Ohio mm-hmm. State quarterback. I think they're pretty similar. And, you know, I, I think people are going to shrug their shoulders about that, like, because, you know, Jack Miller hasn't had a ton of success at, at the, at the collegiate level. But I, I think you don't really know what you got until, like, the live bullets are flying at the quarterback position, as dumb as that yep. sounds. So that's why it's smart to maybe to maybe volume shoot and figure it out. Like I go to uh, NC State in that Thursday night game. And I don't know how many people watch it against Virginia Tech, but you know when Devin Leary went down, yep. uh, NC State pivoted to that graduate transfer out of Charleston Southern, and then last night MJ Morris, former yep. you know highly ranked three star, I think he had what threw three TDs over two hundred yards. He was like twenty of twenty nine. Like I don't think you really know until like those guys are, are in it how they're going to respond and how they're going to react. That was the case with Van Dyke, right? Yeah, I exactly. Mean. So, you know, I, I think he's a developmental quarterback prospect with a ton of traits to work with, and I think what you know probably gets Miami the most fired up is the fact that he is a a whiteboard guru and he likes that stuff. I mean, it's it sounds like it's the complete opposite of like Jaron Williams, who they couldn't get to watch film so you know like <laughs> that's favorite came yeah yeah that's one way to think about it you know i'll say this and i agree like i have been off put by the record but i think if you do go and watch his clips like it's pretty clear like he plays on a talent deficient team he's bigger than all of his offensive linemen <laughs> yeah and, and honestly you can flip that argument and say well there might be something too a quarterback that has to figure it out and has to put the team on his back. And there might be something better to about that developmentally than a guy who's on an all-star team and can throw a, you know, two yard hitch to a receiver that can bust it 80 yards on his own. Right. So, yeah, well, I'll say that too. His offense doesn't seem to have a ton of gimmies in it. You know, yeah. like sometimes you watch it and it's like, all right, this is a bunch of swing passes, you know, like right. he, he 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 runs some high or not he but his school Milton runs some some pretty complex stuff where there's a lot of timing and if you're not dealing with the best receivers I can see that being kind of an issue. I want to ask you too real quick here about Antoine Jackson who's um, you know reclassifying from the 2024 cycle to this cycle. Uh, he I believe was a four star for 2024 Fort Lauderdale Dillard uh, High School. Um, I, have you updated his ranking? I honestly don't know. No, we have not. And I've been, I've been pressing our guys and, you know, I don't, (laughs) I, it's going to be hard for, I think him to finish inside the top two, four, seven. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being real. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's ready. And then the pushback on that's going to be, well, he's, he's young and, you know, we're seeing more and more reclassifications. I mean, Desmond Ricks is the most high-profile one of, of recent, but 
Desmond Ricks is already 18 years old and and really right. should have been a, a class of, of 2023 recruit with with Ant with Antoine Jackson. You know, I'm I'll, I'll say this on the front end. I loved him at Legends Camp. Like, if you're going to take a, a DB out of South Florida, like you want the guy that looks like that and and is physical and is going to press at the line of scrimmage, isn't going to back down from competition. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think he did that like as an eighth grader at, or ninth grader at one of the original Paradise Camps. Like, mm-hmm. he's just he's just a competitor in that sense. Um, now, I think what's going to kind of you know hurt his case in the rankings is. You know, some of the guys ahead of him, like Conrad Hussey, King Mack, like those guys have verified data points and they those guys have have really good resumes. Like to me, it's hard to put Antoine ahead of them. And, and then you start looking at the rest of the state rankings, Jordan Castile, uh, Bryce Thornton, who's out of Milton, Georgia, who's a really good player in a high peach state classification, you know, I, I, I just think it's going to be hard once you stack him up for him to finish there. Now what? You know, with that being said, I, I think there's some stuff to work with. Um, the big debate, and I don't know if you have an opinion on this, is he a corner or is he a safety? I lean safety. I think yeah. that's what he is. But it's, other people push back on that. I'm so interested if, if you yeah. have a... I don't have an opinion. I've only seen him a little bit at camps. Um, but I do know, like, Miami views him as a corner for whatever that's worth. But, yeah, I mean... I, I like. And I could be completely wrong here, and I can be completely off, but I just don't get the reclassification in the rush because I think he's definitely a redshirt candidate. Like sure. the redshirt, like if if as Chris long as Gra- he knows that, I think it's fine. Like you know if what Cr- I mean, yeah. Like if Chris Graves and like Jaden Harris are redshirting, like right, you know, wh- where is he on the depth chart August tenth next season? That like that's my question as well. Right, 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 right. Uh, let's stick with some well. 2024 topics just looking ahead who do you look ahead to and kind of circle way way early long way to go um but 2024 cycle in south florida who do you circle for miami fans to know i think it's got to start at the top with jeremiah smith and you know i think i only know this because i have his tweet notifications turned on because we thought he was going to commit months ago and it's a process to turn him off but dude that guy watches i think every miami game or he at least checks the scores and then has some type of reaction to it and i think that's notable um and i think he's he's super super talented uh we're actually kind of revamping how we do the the rankings a little bit like we're, we're trying to get more five stars out there earlier in the process and he's one that I've, i've stood on the table for um he is just uh yeah. he's a he's a guy and i think he's going to be a fascinating one to to study I, I said that with reuben bain in the 23 cycle but what happens with jeremiah smith like i think he i think if he had a pick today he's probably going to pick ohio state can you blame him i mean zone six brian sure. hartline you know they throw that ball around um but he seems to still be giving miami some attention and you know i i, I brought it up a little bit earlier with demarcus van dyke Van Dyke's kind of tied in with that Miami. I'm going to butcher this and someone's going to get in the DMs. Like, is it the <laughs> Miami Garden Ravens or is it the Miami Ravens? Um, I, I plan on writing a big story about it because him and Josiah Trader, who's also a, a highly ranked kid from Chaminade and, and the quarterback there, they're all part of the same team. Um, and, and, and Bullet, the running back, uh, Goss, or his name, 
know, they're all tied together. So I, I think he's one. I think with Jer- Josiah Trader, like he is more, he is more, uh, he feels like a more of a Miami kid to me. So I think Miami has a better chance there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that, that seems like it's going to be more of a SEC Miami battle. Whereas with Jeremiah Smith, you know, I think Miami's got a battle Ohio state, which is, is wide receiver you. And then I could see like a Clemson getting involved in there uh, or, or a program like that. He yeah. seems like one of those guys. Um, just, just talking with 2024s. Cause I know you probably, I don't know what direction you want to go in here. I think, you know, just having scouted the state and kind of know what what the strengths of the class are and, and what the weaknesses are, I, I think it'll be f- interesting to see where some of these big-time interior defense alignment go. And, and, you know, Mario knows this. The people in Coral Gables know this. Like, it comes down to right now, like, getting a quarterback, and then getting guys that can get after the quarterback. That's kind of the name of the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the two interior rushers at IMG Academy are absolute studs. Freaks. Yeah. So that would be David Stone and Ernest Willer. Um, yep. Stone is originally from Oklahoma. Uh, Sooners are the crystal ball leader. Willer is from uh, the DMV area. You know, both those kids have been on Miami's campus. Can they get one of them? Like, cause I think that would be, a, a statement of, of sorts and, 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 and we'll see. Um, and then there's some other, some other guys around the state, you know, Booker Pickett, who he's, he has some tie to Miami, right? His, yeah, his, dad, his dad played. played. Yeah. He, he's got like 24 sacks like that. That to me <laughs> in, sure. in the, in the legacy recruits have not gotten well for the hurricanes in re- recent years. And, and really they haven't gone well for most schools around the country. Like it doesn't seem like legacies are a lock anymore, but, I think he's got 24 sacks, you know, so can, can they get him um, just, you know, and we're updating our rankings. I, I'm just kind of scrolling through um, on the list. And, 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 what, do you, and high- what are your thoughts on capers? You know, he, he was awesome at the underclassmen report camp in, in Orlando. And I know that's t-shirt and shorts. Um I think he's an edge rusher. I don't know. Others are going to say linebackers, but he's already 230 pounds. Yeah, he's with that. Dude. With that being said, he, he ran like a four six on the lasers at that camp, which I believe was a top 20 time out of everyone there. Um, he can move. I, I just think he's better at coming downhill right now. But he's he's in theory a, a guy Miami's got to get. I mean, he goes yeah. to Columbus High School, right. which is where Mario went to school. So, you know, I, I would assume Miami eventually gets him. Um, one kid who visited last weekend that I don't think a lot of people have talked about, but I, I've kind of circled a, as someone that I think is, is a riser or someone that's going to have no shortage of options is, is Kendall Jackson. Um, he's at Buholtz there in Gainesville, you know, seems like a layup for the Gators, uh, yeah. but he's made it clear that his recruitment's wide open. He's actually, uh, Aubrey Hill was his, his uncle. Um, uh, okay. the, the late Aubrey Hill, you know, who was a right. wide receiver at Florida, coached at UF, coached at Duke, coached at Pitt. And I, I believe he was a coach at Miami for a little yep. bit, correct? Good guy. Yeah. I, I just think when I when I look at this through my through my lens, like I don't think there's a ton of good defensive linemen in the state right now. And guys are going to emerge. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, but I would be jockeying and positioning to try to get those guys. So the two at IMG, 
Um, Kendall Jackson, like I said, I, I think he's one to keep an eye on because you know Florida's going to try to go after him. Um, so it, 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 he's just a guy that visited that flew under the radar. And, th and then one more name I'm going to toss out here, um, Lewayne McCoy. You know, I've been kind of wondering who the who the dude in the in Miami Dade's going to be next cycle um, mm -hmm. because Trader and, and and Jeremiah Smith are both in in, in Broward. I think it's McCoy. Um, loved him at FIU Mega Camp. He was my alpha dog. He was awesome at OT seven. Uh, he was at Avant Guard, I think. Now at Miami Central, coaching staff seems to love him there. He's got some offers, but I think you know as we turn the page, like those those names are some of the guys I I think that will maybe rise in the rankings, but they're going to be more of the ones everyone's tracking um, once the dust settles. Very cool, and we'll get at we'll get you out of here on this, Andrew. Um, you know, December is going to be insane. Miami's in a position to sign its best class ever of the 24-7 sports era. Um, what I'm wondering is, do you expect Miami to land a top five class now? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's tough. I think, and I know I've texted you and Gabby about this, and I've discussed it with a lot of people. Like, I don't, I don't think the issue at Miami right now is going to be getting like the sure. top high tier high tier talent. To me, I want to know what they do with the back end of the class, right? Right. Like I, I think that's that's ultimately when we talk rebuild and we talk turnaround, like that's where it's going to have to start. Like yeah, like you got it. You you want to get your impact players in there, right? You you want to do that. Um, but look at Look at the LA Rams. They just won a Super Bowl last year. The Rams obviously added a bunch of splashy guys and in, 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 in free agency and added some stars. And I think with the current college football landscape, that's the transfer portal. And I think Mario is going to be aggressive in the transfer portal. I think Miami is going to add those guys to, to fill holes, right? Sure. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, to be successful and to maximize your roster and to ensure – Eight, you know, week eight, week nine of the season that you feel comfortable with what you're rolling out there, you got to build depth. And oh, yeah. I, I think that starts with high school recruiting, which is which is the NFL draft. And in the Rams, if if you look at their roster, like man, they they hit on a lot of like day three picks. Like a lot of those guys started in that game, like Taylor Rapp and you know, I don't have the the roster in front of me. So I, I think if we when we talk rebuild, like the biggest thing I'm keeping my eye on, like Mario's going to get the Francis Malagoas. Like, Malagoas is going to come in and play. Like, Cormani's going to come in and play. But ultimately, to me, like, they got to start developing some guys a little bit. And yeah. because, because once you develop guys, you're, you're playing with house money, essentially. So that, that's what I'm keeping my eye on. Do I know if they're going to finish in the top five? I, you know, I don't know. I think they're going to finish in the top 10. Right. I, I, you know, I think it's Which is just, huge. Yeah, it, it is. Cause they did that last year. And, and, you know, I, I know we're rambling on and on here, but I said this to you earlier, like, dude, the, the most crippling injury for Miami might have been Trevante Citizen getting hurt, like, because they loved him. And that was like a low-key kind of win that flew under the radar. So I, I, they loved him. I, I think he'd be – he'd probably be the guy right now. You, like, he could be a, a, a Judkins at, at Ole Miss. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? So right. 
I don't think they're going to be scared to play these guys, but uh, you know, my my big question is, is: can they can they you know develop some guys? And it's just not the top end of that class. Like, can they develop? You know, and maybe they can't. So, they they love like a Tommy Kinsler or whatever, right. Whatnot. I was going to say, let me you, the follow up to this, and I agree. But the follow up is: what do you think of the bottom half? So you have guys like Connor Liu, Bobby Washington, Jackson Carver, Reed McKeska. Tommy Kinsler, Emery Williams, Frankie Tenelau. They're still in the mix for guys like Edwin Joseph and Stan Quan Clark. Do you like in general, you know, what the potential of what those guys can be? Cause I think that's the question with, when you're talking quote unquote, three-star prospects, yeah. like three stars are fine as long as their potential uh, so, is there. I'll be honest. I, I'm kind of, kind of skeptical on the tight ends a little bit. Um, yeah. And self-admittedly, I haven't watched anything from from Jackson Carver since he went to um, up to the prep school in Connecticut. I don't know much about Reed, but like to me, Dylan Wade was the guy they should have took as the second tight end, who's Malik Bryan's teammate up there at, at Orlando Jones. I, I love that kid. Um, but but to to answer your question, I, there's there's kind of some question marks for me. You know, I I don't know if they're really recruiting like traits per se. Um, each each one of those guys, there's kind of things I like, you know, Robbie Washington or excuse me, Bobby Washington. Like, I think he's just a heat seeking missile, mm-hmm. um, but I think he's going to need to be coached up and, and and find some discipline. And that could kind of be an issue. Um, so we'll see. Like to me that like that, 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 that part of the class still hasn't filled out. Right. Like, you yeah. know, that hasn't filled out. So there are some guys I like, there are some guys that kind of have some question marks about, um, you know, looking at the class, like I like Robert Stafford, um, right. you know, so we'll see. I think like, and, and again, like Francis Malgo and Cormani McClain to me are guys that should play as freshmen. I mean, there's going to be growing pains, like we yep. said, but they should I be think on Ray the Ray too. Nathaniel Joseph. Sorry. Um, do I mean, are they, are they going to figure it out at wide receiver? <laughs> like what, what's going on, dude? Well, I'll say this. I mean, look, it's not good enough. I'm not saying it's good enough, but those guys are at least being serviceable right now. And honestly, I think you could make an argument that the receiver group is like kind of the least of the issues right now with the offense. Like, again, it's not good enough, but there are other issues with the offense popping up um, outside of just talent of the receiver. It seems like they're pretty depleted in, on the on the on the O line. Is that is that O line's right taking some injuries, which is tough. Um, run game is non-existent. So offense what, has issues. I, I'll just I'm just I'm not impressed. I wouldn't say, but I do think the receiver room has developed as the season has progressed. Um, now right. it is not good enough but I do think they're getting the most out of whatever talent that room does have for now. Uh, do you think they need to take another, I mean, what do you, you're more boots on the ground. And I I mentioned citizen, obviously they have him. Like, do they need yeah. to add another running back? Yep. They need more big bodied running backs. You know, do you, do um, you think the transfer portal is an option there or should they try to get in? I think both. Yep. I think, you know, Mark Fletcher, uh, fits that bill, the Ohio State commit. And then, yeah, I do think they should go out. And honestly, this might be extreme. I would portal 
every position. Yeah. I think I think Miami's at that spot. I mean, you could make a case they don't need a safety. You could make a case, of course, quarterback might be fine. Um, but I think they need a running back, receiver. Uh, tight end's probably fine. O-line, I think they need more O-line than the fans realize. I think they need D-line depth, linebacker, corner. So, yeah. All right, and then I know I keep saying I keep saying it. Uh, just because I want to ask, because I'm not out at practices. How how's my guy Nigelik doing? I, I see I see him in the games a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's going to be very good uh, as long as everything holds up with his health. I think he's going to be a freak next year uh, when he starts playing a larger role. But yeah, they inside the program they love his talent. So uh, on th- on the third down package. He is on the field, which, as you know, is one of the most important packages you can play in on defense. Um, they roll out him, Agude, Mesador, and uh, who's the other one I'm missing? I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm missing one. Um, but, yeah, they love Nigelique. Um He's got to be – I mean, I don't know this. I'm pulling this out of my butt. But he's got to be one of the better – true freshman defensive ends right now because not many play so well there's the kid out of illinois who like <laughs> who like my i think he was at paradise yeah. camp dude like that's that's like one where you have to like you, you portal you know, yep yeah, you <laughs> i think too like last year's class right there's some potential there it's a small class but you look at like jaleel skinner if he can if he can consistently catch the ball he's a freak uh Citizen, if the ACL comeback is fine, he's a freak. Wesley Besaint, I think he is going to be a very good college linebacker in time. And you know who's coming on really strong lately is Jakari Brown. Uh, dude, I was going to ask about, is, is there any chance he plays on Saturday? From what I'm hearing, yes. We'll see, but yes. And that game's at 12, right? 30. I'm I'm up in Jacksonville because I'm going to a game tonight. I'm probably going to go watch the Florida commit, and then I'm going to Florida, Georgia. I might have to have the phone out. You know, I'm a huge Jakari guy or Jakari. Don't get me wrong; like he's there's still development that needs to happen there, but he is taking massive steps. You know, since arriving on campus. I mean, you see, you saw the trajectory at, in high school too. He's, he's I, I just go back a grinder, and he's got the tools. I go back to that that state title game, or excuse me, it was the game at the beginning of the season, Corky Kell Classic, and he single-handedly almost got his team a win in overtime. I mean, he was right. just, you know, I, there, there's there's a few quarterbacks that are like that last cycle. Cade Klubnick at, at Clemson, I call him the Energizer. Well, I wrote the story, they call him the Energizer Bunny. Uh, that's what his coach does. Like, I, I think... Brown has some of that in him. Like he, he's a guy people could rally around. He's he embodies to... the culture Mario wants. You know what I mean? Like competitor. Yeah. Gets the job done. And look, I think the, his ability to play on Saturday, uh, I think it mainly boils down to Jake's performance. So it's kind of out of his hands a little bit. Uh, but he, my understanding is he's working more and more within the first team offense of course yeah um, I, recently I, I gotta i gotta jump out of here i gotta move my 
Gotta move my car. Thanks but, for joining uh, us, dude, Andrew. I, I appreciate it. Um, hopefully I didn't ramble too long. So. You're good. You were awesome. And until uh, next time, take care.